All right, come on in, everybody. Welcome back to the holler. TNHoller.com is where you can find us at the TN Holler on Twitter, Facebook, or on YouTube or on Instagram. Go to TNHoller.com and subscribe. We send out emails twice weekly so you can catch up on everything that we do. Shout out to our sponsors, Elisa Parker. If you're buying or selling a home in Tennessee, do it through her. That's a way to support us. And then also, if you need a lawyer, Abby Rubenfeld, who was in the legislature this week, fighting the good fight, giving it to William Lambert. We have hollers hollering all throughout Tennessee. So no matter where you are, you have a holler near you, check them out and support them. And that's all thanks to your support. So we really, really do appreciate that. Today, we are hopping on here to talk about an issue that we have been posting about quite a bit lately. There's so many hate bills making their way through our legislature. Hard to keep up with, frankly, and you'd be forgiven for being overwhelmed honestly, by all of it. But there are two that have really jumped to the forefront of people's minds, both of them being carried by Senator Jack Johnson out of Williamson County. One is the drag show felony bill. And then the other moving just as quickly is the trans youth health care ban, essentially bans trans youth gender affirming care in Tennessee until 18. Except we know it's not really about that because there's another bill that's banning MCOs from covering care for trans people, no matter how old they are. So they're pretending this is about protecting children. This is not really about protecting children. This is about spewing hate. And so today we're going to talk to Heather Thomas, who was there in the legislature testifying before them powerfully, and uh, they have so far ignored her, but we wanted to hear her story. So Heather, how are you today? I'm doing okay, considering. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Let's talk about your experience at the legislature this past week. What made you decide to go testify? Well, I had met with my senator, who's also the um, sponsor of the bill, Jack Johnson. In the fall, there were murmurings of something coming out. After having a good meeting with him and then seeing the bill come out, which was completely different than our conversation. I felt, if not me, who, and if not now, when. And I also know that a lot of parents with um, minor children were afraid to testify, and my child is now an adult. Just felt like it was something I needed to do. Senator Joey Hensley asked you, what's the harm in waiting until they're 18? Well, what's the harm in waiting until they do achieve that 18 years old? Um, my child probably would could have died. That's the harm is that when they're in middle school, that's really when they're at the most risk. And if they can't get treatment, they may not make it to 18. I don't understand what the difference in the government's idea of medication is when my child can be put on antidepressants absolutely as high a risk as hormone. And the antidepressants really didn't fix anything. So I really don't see the difference in if the hormone is a better option, why you wouldn't. Making great points there. You made great points on the House side also. When you said that to Senator Hensley, by the way, should value your opinion for reasons that I don't want to talk about here. Did you feel like they were listening to you? Some of them were. Some of them weren't even paying attention. It was pretty clear that they already knew how they were going to vote, regardless of my story. 
Well, let's talk about your story. Mm -hmm. When did you first hear from your son that he was trans? Well, this happened about six years ago when really we didn't know a whole lot about Caitlyn Jenner had just come out, which frankly, she didn't do us many favors. We were just learning about that. And my son, who's now 23, was 16. And he told me he thought he might be trans. Really, in the end, ended up deciding not to come out because he was afraid. Then when he was 17, he came to me and said that he was. His whole childhood had had we known then what we know about gender dysphoria, I would have known at the age of two to four. We always thought he was just our tomboy or he would end up being a lesbian. Everything about him was boy. I don't want to wear a shirt outside. All my friends are boys. I play boy sports. Why can't I go to the bathroom outside? I don't want to wear this bathing suit to the beach. Emulating his dad, the way he walked. I thought I was being a great mom by letting him pick out his clothes and then only requiring him to wear a dress on Sundays to church. Now, knowing the agony that he went through, I feel terrible that I did that. I didn't know. Did he know? Um, I asked him when he knew. And he said, well, after elementary school, that I just didn't fit anywhere. In elementary school, everybody gets along. Everybody's friends with each other. It didn't really matter. But then when he went to middle school, he started getting bullied incessantly because he was masculine, an easy target. He said, I didn't feel like I was a girl and I didn't really know what else there was. I just didn't fit. And so that's when all of his depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation came into play. How old was he when the depression started? Sixth grade, almost and immediately in middle school. What did that look like? Well, first of all, the bullying was awful. When he went to middle school, it's like the boys don't want to be your friend anymore. They just want girlfriends. And the girls weren't ever really his friends because he didn't fit in with them. And so he was alone. He ended up being bullied at school and on the bus, physically, sexually, verbally every day by those who didn't bully him, which were more than 50 people. He was shunned because people didn't want to get involved. And you get it, they're kids. He ended up eating lunch every day in the guidance office. When I would take him to school in the morning, he would cry that he didn't want to go. And sometimes I just drove on. Got him in therapy. And he also got on antidepressants. And then in seventh grade, he started having suicidal ideation and actually attempted twice in a two-month period. Up until he transitioned, he attempted three times, had anxiety and depression. We did move him to a smaller high school, which helped because they were very affirming, but he still didn't feel comfortable in his own body. First of all, I'm sorry. That's you know got to be extremely tough. When he told you what this was, what was your reaction and your husband's reaction? Well, first of all, I think because you don't really understand what it is, and people should now if they do their research, I was like, are you sure? You know, I, I didn't want him to be. I just knew how hard it would be. And he was like, mom, it's already been hell. People would tell us when we would tell them, well, this is just going to be so hard on him. It's like, no, this is actually the answer. He's already lived five years of utter hell. For me, it was kind of a grieving process of like, I'm losing my daughter. Once he started transitioning and you just saw this is who he is and has always been, it's like a miracle. Now for my husband, it was different. He was raised Southern Baptist conservative from Upper East Tennessee. And so, you know, he really has had to sort of deconstruct some of his beliefs. It took him about a year to get on board. And really our marriage was at risk. When he really kind of started to understand what was going on was when my son was a senior and they took a car to the mechanic and my husband called my son, she, and the mechanic looked up like, what are you talking about? And so that was sort of the first aha moment that my son was recognized in public as a boy. And really, even as a young kid, I used to get so angry because everybody would say, 
hey, little man, when they would see him, and I was like, oh, it's my daughter. Somebody would come out to me and say, hey, your son went to the wrong bathroom. The whole world saw my son as a boy, except us. The real turning point for my husband was then, and then also being able to get on board with pronouns. That was really hard for him. And so we talked about it, and I was like, to you and me, it's a word. To our son, it's validation. It's I see you. It's everything. And so my husband did. You know, my son and my husband really bumped heads for a long, long time. In the end, my son was so thankful that his dad changed his mind and said he was wrong. My son gave him the honor of giving him his new name. It was the most beautiful thing for my husband to really go through the process and really figure it out and see once our child got on hormones, what a difference it made in his life. He even wrote a letter a couple days ago to the legislators and said, I was wrong and you are too. And here's why. A really validating thing for our child and our our marriage. As the transition started, can you talk a little bit about what that meant for your family and for your son? He started seeing the doctor at age 17. And so it was such an arduous process that really he didn't get on hormones until 18 anyway. However, had we known what we know now, we would have probably put him on hormone blockers as soon as you know we figured it all out. And it was age appropriate. And then hormones. His process was he started on hormones almost immediately. It was like clouds lifted. He still has some anxiety and depression, but it's really more about legislators, people having hate towards him, being afraid for his safety, but has nothing to do with who he is. So let's talk about the bills for a second. What has the impact been to see state-sanctioned, essentially bullying in the form of these bills that has Mm -hmm. dominated the conversation, especially in states like ours? What is it doing? My son's moving in a month to another state. He can't live somewhere where he's not wanted. Yeah, we're hearing more and more stories like that. Sadly, that's probably a feature. Right. It's a feature, not a bug of this legislation. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the bills like it, you know, they're trying to chase away people who disagree with them and silence Mm -hmm. people who disagree with them, but also a perfectly natural and understandable response. Mm -hmm. Where's your husband on this now as somebody who fought along those lines before? The same way I do. Mortified angry, somewhat sickened. This is a very hard thing for people to understand, even if you're in the middle of it. And I've done a bunch of postcard parties with people that are affirming and they didn't understand. They had lots of questions, even people in the LGBT community. So I get that it's hard to understand, but our legislators are not following science facts. It just doesn't make sense. Like I can fight a good fight with people that have differing opinions, but this is just foolish and cruel. Right. Now that we've seen these bills kind of moving forward, does it feel like there's anything that can be done about this or or is there just sort of a helplessness? I'm an eternal optimist. So until it's done, it's not done. However, I know what we're up against. What I will say, the coalition that has been put together of families of trans kids over the last two weeks puts us in a really, really good place going forward to fight this. Because a lot of the parents really didn't get too involved until recently when all of these things started passing through different committees. But when they go and meet with people, they're changing hearts. I went back in October. So if we had had this kind of group of support organization amongst us, we could have gone and met with all of these representatives ahead of time and possibly stopped it. Really, I think what most parents want is a happy medium. I mean, we really would prefer it all go away. But main things that are important are the blockers and the hormones. Those are reversible. And their argument is that they're not. And it's not true. 
Do you think they're life-saving? You know, we hear a lot about- Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. What I've noticed is in committee, anytime suicide is talked about, they try to basically say that it's not true. What would you say to people who say that the the suicide aspect of this conversation is, is overblown? Well, first of all, I can show you my medical bills and my own experience and how hard that was on me and my entire extended family, not to mention the hardest on my son. Secondly, there's all kinds of- research that, by the way, Mr. Johnson agreed with, with me in our first meeting. And he said, your statistics are all right. 98% of people that start hormones or blockers or some kind of transitioning do not regret it and continue that treatment for the rest of their lives. Jack Johnson agreed with you. He agreed with me. The statistics on suicide and suicidal ideation are eight times that for trans people than those of their cis straight peers. Eight times. With medical treatment, percentage drops by 60%. The other thing that Senator Johnson said to me when we were talking about this was we have an epidemic of suicide in our community, especially with teens, and they will do everything they can to solve that. And yet here they are making it worse. Unless it's, yes. And that's another thing I heard Representative Lamberth talk about how there was going to be a lot of mental health care needed and blah, blah, blah. People are already having mental health care. That's the first step. And if when that doesn't work, what do you do? And I said to them in my testimony, I said, you know, imagine yourself as a parent. Your options are something that all of the major medical associations unanimously agree is appropriate care in some situations. Here you are, you're a mother who didn't know much about this. Your husband's Mm -hmm. conservative at the time. Your child is going through something. You're not sure what trying to commit suicide actively and then tells you what this is. And here you have a way to essentially save your child's life. And of course you take it. Everybody would take that. And now Republicans are trying to criminalize you and Mm -hmm. take away that option for families. So what do you say to people who are basically saying this is just fantasy, as Bolso put it yesterday, fiction? How do you get through to people who just don't want to believe you that your experience is a real one? Well, I think there's two things. I think one is that there's some that know exactly what it is, like Senator Johnson even told me and the other family that was with me that had a minor child that we were fantastic parents and he could empathize with us because he has three children and he doesn't know what he would do if his kids were like that. And then the day of my testimony, he adds child abuse to the, um, so he knows. Um, And then there are others either willfully ignorant or just don't understand and don't take the time to do the research. And for me, if you're a legislator, that's your obligation. That was what a mother yesterday as a doctor, mm-hmm. Williamson County, she asked all these questions about medications and side effects, which so much treatment, I mean, chemo has side effects mm-hmm. and insulin has side effects. Mm-hmm. She said, can you wax eloquently on these medications? Do you know the answers to these questions in detail? And if you don't, how can you, the legislature, tell me how to parent? How do you get these legislators to realize this isn't their place? Well, and for this to be the party of small government and parental rights, when I was talking to Senator Johnson, everything we talked about was parental rights, parental rights, parental rights. And finally, I said, except this, 
And that's when he got angry. What did he say to you when he got angry? He got really close in my face and said, we're not going to talk about this anymore. In a, a raised voice. The first time I met with him, he was extremely respectful. He even told me when I asked him, you know, about surgeries and why anybody can have any of these kinds of surgeries, except if it's gender dysphoria. I mean, if you want, if you're in high school and you want to have breast augmentation, you can do it. If you're overweight male and you have larger breasts, you can do it, which to me is gender dysphoria. You can take pure puberty blockers if you have premature puberty. Well, if these are so dangerous, why can anybody else do it except the trans community? When I asked him that question, he said, that's a fair question. So when I went back the second time and asked him the fair question, he said, we're not going to talk about this. Yeah, those are all great questions. It's like Senator Yarbrough said, we're not actually banning procedures. We're banning beliefs. We're banning mm -hmm. thoughts. You can mm -hmm. have all of these procedures as mm -hmm. long as you don't think you're affirming your gender in mm -hmm. a way that they don't like. This was Jack Johnson this week. I got to talk to my senator, Jack Johnson. This was how he responded to me as I approached to ask him about the very things that we're talking about. Can you see I'm talking to someone, you jackass? Oh, wow. Yeah. Get out of my face, you loser. My senator finally loser. talking to me. That's going to show the true yeah, colors of Jack lost. Johnson. The lost. true colors. The true colors of Jack Johnson, folks. Does that look like a familiar sight to you? Does it surprise you that he would react like that? It would have the first time I met with him, the second time I met with him, not at all. I so much appreciate you being willing to tell your story, speaking in front of the whole state at the committee. We need to be able to put a face on and humanize these stories. Do you wish that more of the organizations and businesses that claim to be allies in this fight would be speaking up right now about what's going on here in Tennessee? Yes. There is like a petition going around where you can sign up for that you're affirming and you're against this bill. However, most all of them are small businesses and religious organizations or advocates of some sort. My question is for all of those who sponsor Pride, who say they're affirming to their employees, where are you? I haven't heard a peep out of any of the companies in Tennessee, and we have so many now that are huge companies that could make an impact. It's like crickets. It's such a great point. And not just on this bill, also on, you know, the drag show felony bill, women being second class citizens in Tennessee mm -hmm. and bodily autonomy being taken from them. There has been so little pushback from the business community. Mm -hmm. It's been extremely disappointing. And at what point do they stand up to this stuff? We are eventually going to feel some consequences. I don't know when it's going to happen. They are not going to stop doing this until mm -hmm. it starts to actually cost them something from the business community. It has to be, mm -hmm. let's say, from artists refusing to come here because they're mm -hmm. not going to go to a state that treats people this way. That is the clarion call that needs to happen. It should have happened by now. Absolutely. Heather, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Please stay in touch. Please say thank hi you. to your son for us. Thank you us for giving us a voice. I appreciate that. You've given yourself a voice. We're just here to lift <laughs> it up. That's all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Heather. So that is Heather Thomas. Her son, as she just told us, is going to leave Tennessee he doesn't feel welcome here. That's a sad thing. We're seeing doctors leave Tennessee because of the abortion ban. Tennessee is sort of morphing into a place where so many people don't feel welcome. And, and that's a really devastating thing for the people that you disagree with to, to be fleeing like refugees from our state because they don't feel welcome here. Well, that's a damn shame. So at what point do businesses, the music industry, artists, at what point do you start scratching Tennessee off your list? I don't think we're far off from that. But I actually think it should have happened already. Is it going to take seeing people in cuffs, seeing mothers in cuffs, women in cuffs, doctors in cuffs? Is that is that what it's going to take? It shouldn't take that. It should have been a long time ago. And we're spending $2 billion on a new stadium. Why would the Super Bowl come to the state? And they will not stop. We are a theocracy. 
drifting further and further from a democracy. The other thing about these bills is they passed without really any debate. The committee chairs, Bud Halsey, Andrew Farmer, in the drag show bill and the trans youth healthcare bill, they didn't allow debate. They cut it off. They allowed testimony from witnesses and then legislators were allowed to ask questions of the witnesses. But then there's supposed to be a part where they go back into session. Legislators are able to ask questions of the sponsor of the bill and debate the bill on its merits before it passes through committee. And in both the drag show felony bill and the trans youth healthcare bill, that part was completely cut off with zero debate. Watch. Previous questions been called. We have objections. Okay, we're going to vote on calling the previous question. All those in favor say aye. aye. All those opposed, no. Aye. The ayes have it. We are going to vote on the bill. All those in favor say aye. aye. All those opposed, no. The ayes have it. This bill moves on to calendar and rules. You had plenty of time to be on a list. I looked for hands. They weren't there. So I've already gaveled back into session. Now the question's been called. That's a non-debatable motion. I detected objection to previous question. I do see three hands. Looks like we're going to vote on previous question. All those in favor of previous questions say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it. Previous question prevails. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All those opposed say no. No. And the ayes have it. Bill moves on. That was the entire discussion of two extremely important bills. How is that democracy? And if these guys are so proud of what they're doing, why won't they let anybody debate it? It seems to tell the whole story right there. There's nothing anybody can do about it because we are essentially a one-party state drifting further from democracy where this fascist theocracy is completely taken hold. You know, we try to sound the alarm about this all day, every day, but where is everybody? You know, Heather's out there telling her story, impassioned testimony on all of these bills in the past just two weeks since they led with this. This session has been incredible and it hasn't slowed it down even in the slightest. So this is what Tennessee is now. And we're chasing people away and it's a damn shame. Heather's trying to stay optimistic and I appreciate her for that. I I would like to stay optimistic also. I don't want to believe that this is what Tennessee is now, but I have very little reason to think otherwise. And every day that goes by, there's more of these bills. I mean, there's other bills that we haven't even talked about. There's a trans care ban from Speaker Sexton himself basically says that any insurers or MCOs that cover trans care anywhere in the country cannot contract with 10 care with the state. Not that 10 care money can't be used for trans care, which it already is not. That we can't do business with MCOs that cover trans care anywhere. So this is not about protecting kids. They are full of shit. It never was. This is about using the power of the state to declare that trans people don't exist. That's what this is. That's what they're saying. And if you don't believe me, this was Bolso out of Brentwood having an exchange with another powerful mother. Is it your position, those who, based upon genetics, all of human history, believe that there are two sexes and that no person or set of so-called medical professionals can change a person's sex from one to the other are afraid and intolerant? I think that's a philosophical question. I respect everyone's backgrounds, opinions, and moral standpoint, but I think that that's an opinion. The statement that you just made should not be guiding legislature for people who may not believe that. The members of this body have an obligation to protect children in Tennessee from harm, correct? Yes. So, Representative Bolso, you're my representative. What are you going to do to protect my child? One more question. 
That was a powerful moment right there and a great line. And she was ready for it. She was ready for him. And you could sort of see Bolso get angry. <laughs> they act like they care about kids. But as the witness to her left said before that, you're actually endangering the very children that you claim to be protecting. And then Gino Bolso, who, like Jack Johnson, is clearly a hothead, got angry and took things to the next level. There are others in Williamson County and across the state who recognize many children have been harmed by these procedures. This is the latest study from the Trans Youth Project, 94%. And there are other studies larger than this. The percentage of children who detransition is quite small. The majority of these kids detransition because of external factors such as intolerance from others. So we're talking about a very, very, very small portion that we're making laws to presumably protect while in the process harming all the rest. What are we going to do for those children? Do you agree that it is those who support this fiction and this fantasy that a person can change their sex who are causing the harm that we see in children across this entire state? With all due respect, sir, it is not fiction or fantasy for my family. It is deeply personal. It is extremely difficult to understand if you are not in the situation. I understand it is hard to understand something that is different from your value set, that's different from how you were raised, that's different from your religious beliefs. But for my child, this is very, very real. This is not a fantasy. It's not fiction. It is my child's life. Powerful stuff. And if you can't tell who the good guy is in that exchange, then I, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> this is big government overreach. The power of the state being used to take away what Heather just clearly told us was a lifeline for her child and for many others out there because they don't understand it. That's what's going on here. And even if it doesn't impact you, the principle of the state being used this way, GOP is the government overreach party. That's what should concern you because these guys won't stop. Every session is just them figuring out what they can get away with next. Next session will be worse. I've been doing this for four years. Every session has been worse. One after the other. The progression has been plain as day and they will not stop until they are stopped. And so what I would say to everybody is you have two choices. You're either pushing back against this or you're normalizing it. There's no third option. There's no sitting on the sidelines, ignoring it. When you ignore it, you're normalizing it. When you use their language, you're normalizing it. If you actively oppose it, that's your other choice. There's no other option. So the businesses out there and the organizations out there that are just sort of watching this happen and looking at their bottom line, you're normalizing it. You're participating. There's no third option. I hope that message comes through in every video that we post, every tweet, and more and more we're starting to see people push back, speak up, rallies. There are reasons for optimism. I don't want to strike an entirely pessimistic note. So this was at the Ryman this week about the drag show felony bill. Ashley McBride had a concert with Brothers Osborne, and they had this beautiful moment celebrating drag performers. Jesus. That's an awesome moment. There's a child on stage there. That's going to be a felony soon in our state. You're not going to be able to do that. That's what this bill does. Makes that a felony. How long are we going to let this go on? Why are people going to come perform here? 
Lady Gaga performs with drag performers. Miley Cyrus has had drag performers. Taylor Swift, and you need to calm down. Drag performers all over that thing. They can't do that. Is it going to take Miley Cyrus in cuffs? This is an assault on freedoms. And if you don't feel personally impacted somehow, you're just wrong. And it's only a matter of time. They are testing the fences of what they can get away with. And so far, it's everything. That's the answer. You know, I'm up at the Capitol. There's good reporters here. They're just overwhelmed. But a lot of time, this stuff is happening and it feels like there should be cameras all over the place. CNN should be here. They're not here. And maybe it's because we're not a swing state or, you know, we're not Florida or Texas or whatever. But we are the tip of the spear. Make no mistake. There's a reason the Daily Wire is here. We are where they figure out what they can do. And then it gets exported. To the rest of the country. So until you start helping Tennessee fight this stuff, it's coming your way next. I'm not like guessing. That's just a fact. We've seen it over and over again. Like I'm not out on a limb here. I don't think I'm like making some grand prediction. This is what's happening. I hope people will start to take notice about what is going on in Tennessee because it's scary and it's normalized every single day. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Tennessee. 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 Tenness